0: You would turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 verse 14. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary and Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Now if you'll turn with me to Acts chapter 2 we'll look at verse 42. and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. I urge everyone to please keep in prayer our brother Wilbur Harkness he is a longtime member here, served this congregation as a shepherd for a number of years. And it might be that you have not met him, you've not gotten to know him, and that's understandable because he's not been able to be here for some time. But he's 101 plus. He is Jan Larry's dad, Milton's. Father in love. And for those of us that have been blessed to know Brother Harkness over the years, he really is a great man of God. So please keep him in prayer because he has broken his hip. Uh, It's pretty serious. Carl was mentioning to me just a little earlier that they tried to get an IV in his arm, Brother Harkness's arm, and missed the vein. And now one of his arms is swollen up quite a bit with the fluid. You know, those are the types of things that are not pleasant for anybody. But it's harder, especially when you're 101 plus. So please keep our brother in prayer. He has been asking God to let him go home for a number of years now. He may finally be close to getting his wish. Let's pray that God's will be done concerning Brother Harkness. Jesus loved, knew, and was thinking about Mary far before Mary loved and knew and thought anything about Jesus. She would be his mother. She would bring the Son of God into this world as part of the great salvation plan of God. Think about that. How amazing. And yet I want you to know that Jesus knew, loved, and was thinking about you long before you knew Loved, and started thinking about Him when we observed the Lord's Supper together as a memorial. Isn't that amazing? That we are part of an ongoing chain, people that were loved and known and thought about before the creation of the world. Now what we're going to do tonight is hurriedly look at about ten passages as we continue our study of what was Mary, Christ's mother, thinking about when she observed the Lord's Supper. And I can truly say what Paul would write elsewhere would be true of Mary here. The things that you both learned and received and heard and saw in me do, and the God of peace will be with you, Philippians 4, 9. If we can somehow think about the truth, and feel the truth, and remember the truth, more like Mary must have the first time she observed the supper, I believe God will really be honored and praised when we observe the Lord's Supper, don't you? All of the passages tonight will come from the birth and infancy narratives of the gospel accounts. In other words, from Luke chapter 1 and 2, and Matthew chapter 1 and 2. So go ahead and get your Bibles ready because when we ended our study together this morning, what we did was go to the beginning of Christ's ministry and His turning water into wine. Remember that in John chapter 2? We went in the mind of Mary from her observing the Lord's Supper for the first time, being at the foot of the cross going with the brothers of Jesus and wanting His attention when He's teaching, etc. We looked at a number of references to Mary. But you're going to find that most of the references to Mary in the New Testament are found in the birth and infancy narratives of Luke 1 and 2 and Matthew 1 and 2. So let's go to the first of these as we continue working our way backwards in the mind of Mary. Turn, if you will, to Luke chapter 2 and verse 41 and look at Luke 2, 41 through 52. Luke 2, 41 through 52. This is the temple visit. When they had gone to Jerusalem and lost Jesus and they returned home... And they return on their way home a certain ways, turn around, go back to Jerusalem looking for Jesus. He's 12 years old. They're very concerned about his whereabouts. They find him in the temple. And when you look at this temple visit of Jesus, it is said that he is with the learned individuals, the wise people of the law, the people that really knew the Old Testament. And all of a sudden we read that they were amazed at his questions and his answers. We got some pretty sharp 12-year-olds here. But I think it's safe to say none of them would hold a candle to Jesus as far as his knowledge of the law. They were amazed by his questions... And his responses. It is also in Luke chapter 2 and verse 49 that we have the first recorded words of Jesus. Don't you know that I must be about my father's business? What Mary is basically saying is this. Don't you know that your father and I have been frantically looking for you? And Jesus' response is, don't you know that I must be about... My father's business. First recorded words. Even then he had a profound sense of mission. Luke 2.51 says he was subject to his parents. Luke chapter 2 and verse 51 also says that Mary treasured all these things in her heart. All that was going on. The temple visit of Luke chapter 2, verses 41 to 52. Now turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. As I said, all of our references will come from the same four, one of the same four chapters. So you can follow along. Matthew 2. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 15, and I'm looking at things chronologically, but backwards from the last event that Mary would have been around Jesus to the initial event, historically, time. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 15, Joseph and Mary and infant Jesus flee to Egypt because Herod the Great is slaughtering babies they make a 150 mile journey and the testament the old testament would be fulfilled out of egypt have i called my son hosea 11 verse 1 jeremiah 31 and verse 15 Don't take these types of things lightly. Nothing in Scripture should be taken lightly. Even though some matters are weightier matters. Sometimes what we think is not so weighty is more weighty than we think. It matters. Jesus going to Egypt. The care of God in providentially sparing him. ...to do what he came to do. What a great God. Third, Matthew 2, 1-12. Matthew 2, 1-12. The wise men come. And the idea is that they worship the king... One of the things that Matthew is going to emphasize, even though he beautifully stresses that Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament, one of the other matters he also beautifully stresses is that the gospel is for all. Remember how Matthew ends, go therefore and make disciples of Jerusalem and Judea? All the nations, remember? And so you have wise men coming from the east because they have heard that a special event has occurred. The anointed one has come, and they want to see him, and they worship him. Oh, how true it is that wise people of all nations truly still worship Jesus. And the epitome of foolishness is to fail to see the Son of God for who He is. Continue with me, if you will. A fourth passage. Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 38. Luke 2, 22 through 38. This is when Jesus was presented... At the temple. When he was presented at the temple. Oh, he would have been quite young. But presented at the temple. And it's at this particular point in history that we read of Simeon and Anna. Simeon was a man who was promised by God that he would not taste of death until he saw the Lord's anointed. And you can just get the picture because the picture is that of Simeon taking Jesus in his arms as an infant and he's been saying, I've been waiting so long for this and now I am ready to go. Notice that both Simeon and Anna are either called a prophet or prophetess or they are said to speak being full of the Holy Spirit. What they have got to say about Jesus is incredible testimony that needs to be heard. Here in my arms I hold the consolation and hope of Israel. And then there's Anna who's described as a prophetess. And she is not a young lady. And she sees Jesus, the one who makes possible the redemption of Israel. Simeon would say to Mary, I want you to know that the coming of this little one will bring about the rise and fall of many. And because of the things that happen in his life, it will be as if someone is piercing you in your very soul with a sword, with a knife. I think that some of the most marvelous testimony concerning the identity of Jesus... Is found in these verses. It really is. And as we continue, look, if you will, at the next section. Look at Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 21. Luke 2, 8 through 21. In this section, you have the angels and the shepherds coming to see newborn Jesus. The angels praising God for Jesus. In verses 8 through 14, good tidings of great joy, glory to God in the highest you have the testimony of angels. And then in verses 15 through 20, you have the testimony of the shepherds who had witnessed something of the events prior and who now come to see where newborn Jesus is. And of course, Joseph and Mary are there. And it says they worshipped and glorified God. They worshipped and glorified Him as they beheld Jesus. The door of human history hangs on the hinges of a manger in Bethlehem. You ever think about that? The door of human history hangs on the hinges of a door of a manger in Bethlehem. And the shepherds would be one of the first ones to have some knowledge of that. Pretty neat, huh? Look again at Luke, Luke chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Waylon, think about this. How many verses are given to a discussion in the gospel of Luke, which is very thorough and very, very well done as far as organization? How many verses are given to the actual birth of Jesus? Luke chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. That's all. The events prior to his birth, the events after his birth, but the actual birth, Luke chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Now Luke chapter 2, 1 through 5. Luke chapter 2, 1 through 5. See it? The event of the census... It's not always easy for ladies that are carrying babies to make journeys. I'm sure it wasn't the easiest of journeys to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And yet this was done as part of a census. The son of David would come from the city or town of bread because he would be the bread of life who is the greater son of David. And because this was prophesied in the Old Testament, Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, that he would be born in Bethlehem. You just keep reading through these accounts, the birth and infancy narratives. Notice this number next. Go, if you will, to Luke 1, 39 through 56. Luke 1, 39 through 56. What happens here is this. Mary goes to visit Elizabeth. They are relatives. She goes to visit Elizabeth and when she enters to visit Elizabeth and calls out Elizabeth's name, little baby John the baptizer in Elizabeth's womb jumps and Luke, Is quick to tell us and explain things that Elizabeth, full of the Spirit, speaks of Mary's favor before the Lord. It's a really interesting passage. Luke 2, rather Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 56. And looking at the passage, verses 46 through 56... Our Mary's song of praise. We call it the Magnificat. The young people love to sing the song. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. This passage tells us so much about the mother of Jesus. Because she weaves together... At least 30 passages from every section of the Old Testament, every major section. Years ago, when I taught Pew Packers and to do that with our young people here, I would always say 512, 5 512, 5512. Five, 12, five, five, 12. five books of law, 12 books of history, five books of poetry, right? five twelve, five five, five twelve, five, five. Five books called the major prophets. 12 books called the minor prophets. I want you to know that when Mary takes those passages and she couldn't have been very old and puts them together and prays to God, she shows a remarkable knowledge of the law of God. She really does. And we are blessed to have the fruit of her knowledge preserved by inspiration in Luke 1:46 fifty six. Notice before I leave this section, this particular section, what Elizabeth said. She said, the mother of my Lord has come. Speaking of Mary, yes, but speaking more of the one that Mary's carrying, the mother of of my Lord has come. Look at Luke chapter one, verses twenty six through thirty eight. Luke one, twenty six to thirty eight. As Mary looked back toward the very beginning of things, she would have remembered Gabriel visiting her. The angel Gabriel. And Gabriel is there to let her know some things. Twice in one verse it refers to Mary's virginity that she'd not been with man. Gabriel also refers to the favor that Mary has found with God. Gabriel lets her know in the gentlest and the wisest of ways that what you have inside you has been placed there by the Holy Spirit. That... The Most High has overshadowed you. Imagine the confusion of a young lady wanting to trust in God through everything, but understanding the natural way that children enter the world, trying to deal with the unnatural that's miraculous. You've got to focus on Luke 1. Look at verses 32 and 33. You're going to conceive a son, verse 31, and call his name Jesus, Savior. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. You might even say that's what the book of Luke and what the book of Acts are all about. Straight from an angel's mouth. Listen to the messenger. And the text will go on to say of Mary... I am the servant of God. Be it according to your word. Things Mary said everybody ought to think about as a life lesson. Whatever he says to you, do it. We talked about that and then it was prayed about, talked about a little more. I am the servant of God. Be it according. According to your word. Last Passage Matthew one, eighteen through twenty five. Matthew one, eighteen through twenty five. Matthew 1, 18-25, this is the appearance to Joseph. Imagine finding out one that you are betrothed to, engaged, if I could use that term rather loosely to, is going to have a baby and it's not yours. You haven't been with her in that type of way. The Bible says that the Lord spoke to him through an angel in a dream. It's mentioned at the beginning of the section and toward the end. When you look at what is said in this dream, in the dream, just before we're we're told about Joseph and his, his character and his thinking... He is a just man, and he is considering putting Mary away privately to avoid any type of embarrassment and scandal. That's his thinking at this point. And the message of God in this dream is, you go ahead and marry that woman. Because because this baby that she is going to have will be God with us, Emmanuel. And He will be called Jesus, for He will save His people from their sins. And what we are talking about really is what Isaiah 7.14 speaks of, when a virgin will conceive and bring forth a son. And Matthew 1, verse 23, a virgin will conceive and bring forth a son. And we speak often of the godliness of Mary as a woman. And well, we should. Not to worship her, not to to pray to her, not to think about her being perpetually a virgin. These are all things I dealt with this morning but to think about the fact that here was a woman who was willing to do what God wanted to do. I am your servant, be it according to your word. But I want you to know Joseph must have been a lot like that too. A just man. And don't you know he was so happy that he didn't have to do something that he really didn't want to do to put her away? To avoid all the embarrassment by looking at the circumstances through the lens of God's eternal purpose. Don't you imagine Joseph talked with Mary about those matters? And the Bible says that he took her as his wife and knew her not until after Jesus was born. Mark it. Joseph basically said, Lord, I am your servant. Be it according to your word. What a wonderful, wonderful story. Of Jesus and how supporting characters like Joseph and Mary can teach us a lot about how to think about Jesus. We're about to stand and sing our song of encouragement. If there's one here tonight that would put on Jesus and baptism, have their sins washed away, be added to the church of Jesus, oh, you can do that by responding to His love and mercy and grace and doing this in faith and repentance and baptism. At that point, you will belong to Jesus. I want you to know that Jesus loved you and knew you and was thinking about you long before this world was ever made and not only that he was loving and knowing and thinking about you long before you ever loved and knew and thought about him let us stand and